Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of the Who the Fuck Are You podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we really hope that you enjoy what we're going to be talking about today. I'm super stoked about it and we hope it inspires you. Absolutely. So what you'll find in this podcast is that we're mostly going to be talking to other people and a lot of people that uh, we know and that we think are really cool. Um, Basically just people who are, you know, dealing with their own recovery and, you know, best ways that they're managing their day-to-day life and mental health and, and, you know, just trying to become the best version of themselves. But we thought it would be appropriate for this first episode to just kind of talk about ourselves. Yeah. And, um, so I guess, should I go first? Yeah. Okay. Should we tell them how we met? Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> what our relationship is to each other. I mean, I'm we're obsessed soulmates. with Josh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously this is working. Um, yes. But uh, how did we meet? So I used to work at a cava bar in downtown Colorado Springs. Oh, yeah. And when was this, like, two years ago now? Uh, It's crazy. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think two years ago, it was, like, in the midst of coronavirus shit. And, yeah, I remember, like, one of the first interactions we had. I had just bought a new Honda Civic. And I remember Josh came in one day, and it was, I think we were still not doing seating inside or something, because it was really, really slow, I remember, and you were the only person in there, and you were like, I just saw your car, so I just wanted to stop by and say hi, and I was, it was like the first, like... I remember that. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, I'm obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to be friends. And here we are. Yeah, I thought that car was cool. I was like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) Yes, but Sam just had, like, this... I mean, she still has the same energy, but... It was just like, oh, all right, you, uh, you're an interesting person, and and um, you know, at first I thought that she hated me, and not gonna lie. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Why? I don't know. I was like, <laughs> you know, because you're so good at like setting boundaries and <laughs> and being like, do you deserve a place in my life? Mm, Which is true. true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even deny it. Um. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's basically how we met. And then we just connected. You know how sometimes you have those people that you just mesh with, like, instantly or on the same frequency or something or whatever? That's basically how me and Sam are. So both of us have, um, I mean, a lot of commonalities. Of course, one of the things we connected with at first was that we are both recovering from some kind of malady. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was, I had a long addiction of uh, heroin and meth. And um, alcohol is the love of my life, uh, unfortunately. Mm. Um, But, uh, yeah, alcohol and... um, 
and benzos, which are not a good combination. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. I did a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> so, uh, we, we really connected on, on that at first. I've been sober for almost four years. Nice. Yeah. Um, from alcohol and everything Ooh. else, of course. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is so crazy. What made you decide to get sober? Oh, man, I was fat. (laughs) 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 Oh, I'm just joking. (laughs) I mean, there was a lot of, like, self-esteem and, like, Mm -hmm. self-confidence issues there, of course, which was not enough and I think that's the important Mm -hmm. part is even though I hated myself it was not enough for me to quit Mm. um but it basically gosh I mean there's a lot but I, I guess if I could attribute it to one thing, why I quit is because, you know, at the end of the day, I never gave up on myself. I really wanted the best for myself. I've always wanted the best for myself. Mm. And I one day just noticed that everything was falling apart. It hurt to eat. Um, just like throwing up blood. Mm. Um, and my friends were leaving me and my family didn't trust me. No one, you know, I basically just like screwed up everything. And, and so, you know, one day I decided to, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to AA. Um, so I took eight shots of hunter proof. (laughs) Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) And I bought a Gatorade. (laughs) Put four more shots of vodka in it and took it into my first meeting with mm-hmm. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Been there. <clears throat> Can't really say I remember that first meeting, but mm, um, I do remember, you know, being there and I thought it, I felt it was good. And then as soon as I left, I um, took eight more shots of um, uh, what was it that time? It was like peppermint schnapps, hundred proof peppermint schnapps. Or mm-hmm. something. <laughs> 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 I can still remember what it tastes like. Mm. But, yeah, that's, uh, I guess in short, that was, I guess that's the reason why I decided to get sober and, and, uh, it wasn't magical and it wasn't like, you know, earth shattering, but how about you? Um, I, I've been, okay, so I'm six years sober and I... Snaps. <clears throat> Snaps, thank so, you. That's what thank we do. You. Um, but I actually had um an experience where it I I could tell that it was really painful not only for myself but the other people that were involved and I I had a couple like throughout my my active addiction I definitely had a lot of times where I was like I'm gonna get sober and I stopped shooting up for the week or whatever and mm. <clears throat> went right back to it or got out of rehab and went back right back to it, whatever. But I took a friend actually to, um, a party. I'm doing air quotes and she is. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I didn't really know what to expect. I kind of knew what to expect. I was like, I'm definitely going to pick up a load or like do something, but um, we'll get in and get out, whatever. So we went, this, um, my drug dealer at the time had picked us up and we went to this lady's house and we ended up shooting up. And the friend that I took with me was not at all an active addiction, like had never done drugs before, maybe smoked weed a couple times in her life. And, um, it was really, really bad. It was really tragic for her. And that really woke me up. And I was like, okay, I need to stop doing this. And um, so I stopped. That was in 2015. And I never picked up another needle ever again. Is that right? That. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just stopped. Um, I detoxed myself. It was terrible. And then I went to Texas and um that's where my grandma and or yeah my grandma and her boyfriend at the time were staying and uh it was really really fucked up actually I like went down there I had been sober for like a month and my mom who has been an addict her entire life came and I could tell that she was definitely like strung out for sure and my grandma had asked me if I would help her shoot up. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. And then. fucked up, boys and girls. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was pretty fucked up. So, and that was just another clarifying moment for me, though. It was like, I'm not gonna do this for the rest of my fucking life. And I'm sure as hell not gonna put my kids through it. Mm. I don't have any kids yet, but, you know. So yeah, that's how I got sober, and I've been sober ever since. I did make a couple mistakes um, because I'm human, and I had a couple, you know, slips, and some of those slips did last uh, a long time, but um, <coughs> yeah. So yeah. You know, speaking of slips, while you're, that just made me think about something that I read the other day, and maybe mm-hmm. you can speak to this, but you know, I read something that I actually tend to agree with. Now, I think, you know, if you're listening to this and you are a sober person or um, even not a sober person, um, you may have heard of AA or NA, uh, which is Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or, you know, any of those things. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people really swear by that path. And, you know, if that works for people, that's totally cool. Um, and it really helped me when I needed it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not saying you sh- you should. But whatever works for you in your sobriety and, you know, keeping you where you want to be is what I recommend. However, mm-hmm. what I read the other day was um, someone said, I think we need to give ourselves a little bit more grace in recovery. You know, just because you may make a mistake once doesn't undo all of the progress that you've ever made, you know, which honestly goes a little bit contrary to what, to what I heard in, in AA and to what I'd heard in, you know, a lot of these places that are like, um, you know, of course, the, the this disease is progressive, meaning it doesn't matter if you stop for a year, it doesn't matter if you stop for 20 years, as soon as you pick it back up again, it'll be like you never stopped. Mm. And I just think that that really, 
takes the power from us, you know, it, it takes, um, it, it's, it's part of this all or nothing thinking mm-hmm. that us addicts tend to love. Totally. And I think that all or nothing and that black or white thinking is just not, it's not good. It's yeah. not, it's not healthy. And, you know, I think it's good to have grace for yourself, but, um, yeah. And, and, and so I think it's really important as an addict or, or an alcoholic to, to give yourself grace, but not use that as an excuse, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, I know I've, I've, you know, done that a few times, gotten, gotten close a few times. Um, actually there was one moment in particular when I was going through a really bad breakup with someone and I knew that he had a huge bottle of tequila, Mm. um, in his garage. Mm. And so I went out into his garage and I like took a huge swig and I just let it sit in my mouth. Mm. And then I was like, boy, you ain't worth it. Mm. You know, I was like, this is, this is not worth it. You ain't even cute. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, I am more important than this. And I think that's where like, you know, the power comes from that we always have that choice, you know, is, is that, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's just so many factors, you know, self-worth and, Mm. you know, consideration of others, but I'm really excited to hear, um, stories from other people and also from ourselves, but. Um, Sam, what has been your experience with any 12 step programs or like anything like that? Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. Um, in our, I think it'll be our next episode. We talk, um, a little bit more about, um, the NA program and the AA program. But yeah, I started at AA. I went to AA at first, um, and I stopped drinking and stopped um doing drugs for a period of time and it really helped me I did really like that there was a sense of community I liked that I could walk into a room Mm. and not feel like I because as a woman and as a person of color I already feel this way but I feel like it's just something on top of it or even in place of it that I feel like I'm always on the defense um, because mm. it's like, you know, if something like goes wrong, like in my family or anything, it would be like, okay, hide the bottles from Sam or like, mm. you know what I mean? And so I always kind of felt like I needed to project that I was okay and fine and everything was just kosher. So I didn't have to feel that way or like put up the, the wall. And so I really liked that about the program, um, was that I could talk about some extremely fucked up things and get laughs instead of, um. Hey, are you okay? Hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, so that that was really welcoming. That was that was really good for me. Um, but I'd have to agree. I don't subscribe to the idea that I am powerless as an addict. And I say that a lot, and you'll probably hear me say it a lot. Um, but it's just what I believe. I don't it doesn't work for me, especially because I don't drink alcohol. Um as much as I used to anymore, but I will have a drink. Um, like if someone breaks out their house spirit or if I haven't seen anybody in a long time and they're like, hey, let's grab a drink. I'm like, cool, whatever, I'm down, you know? Um, 
and I originally was going to be a counselor, so I got my peer support license, which is basically like a recovery coach or like a life coach, but for recovery. Um, and in that training, they were talking about, like we were talking about slips earlier, um, and they had gave, gave us a new name for it and called it a... Um, um, not a relapse, but a reoccurrence. Mm. And I like that language a lot more because there's so much, um, there's such bad dictation around relapse, around dry, around wet brain. Like, I hate that. I don't, mm. I don't like that. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it really, really gives a bad name to the people that have struggled. And I think that there's, there's such a fine line between that and just someone that needs help and someone that needs language to talk about the way that they feel. But yeah, I don't, and I don't really go to meetings anymore. I collected my chip, my six year chip on my anniversary on last June. But yeah, no, I don't go to meetings and like, I don't think it's necessary if it doesn't work for you. And there's so many different things for you. Like there's smart recovery for people out there that are like, I really want a, um, like some kind of recovery group that's not AA or NA. There's um, a group called Embark PCA, and on there there's a clubhouse of meetings where you can go and there's meetings for... Um, there's one called Promotoras de Esperanza, and it's for gay men with uh, HIV. Um, there is one for trans people. There's one called Bad Bitches... Um, breaking out of crystal I think um and there's a bunch of really cool ones and there's smart recovery so that you're not there is a, a way for community that's not through the cult, <laughs> the cult. um yeah. just isolated oh so God. many of our listeners but no really True. there is so so many other resources so yeah that's my connection to it and that's kind of how I think of it as long as it serves you like whatever you know what I mean if you're worshiping the fucking sky I don't think it matters as That's, long as I, I agree. Yeah. And I think I agree with that as well. I think that, you know, I, I for me, AA was a place, well, I mean, first of all, I grew up uh, fundamentally Christian, which is like... Mm. Mm, yes, so, let's talk about that. Oh, God, let's Queer people in the not. church. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm gay, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, so I grew up fundamentally Christian. I went to a private school. Um, it it was kind of strange. This is just a side note, but, um, I grew up non-denominational. My family was non-denominational, but the private school I went to was Presbyterian. And Mm. my godparents, who I was really close to, they were uh, very charismatic. So I'm basically on the, uh, right to left Christian denomination spectrum. I experienced the entire gamut. Mm. And... It provided me structure, um, and that's uh, you know that that's the first thing that's worth noting. Um, so, uh, when I was twelve, I started leading worship at a mega church, which is a horrendous idea for a twelve-year-old. <laughs> God, can you imagine? Dude, no, no, absolutely not. In what universe is that a good idea? <laughs> 
God, dude. I can't. How like, was that? Like, did you lead, like, big worships? Yeah. Really? Well, I did youth groups. I did main sanctuary. I did... Wow. <clears throat> this was, like, a 6,000-member church. Um, you know, and, and I, I've always been musically gifted, and and it... it uh, yeah, that, Josh that, is an amazing musician. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, the the main problem I had with that is that it never really gave me the opportunity to make mistakes mm. and to grow up. Um, I had to be perfect, and I had to learn how to hide my shortcomings, and I had to learn how to kind of repress all of that on top of being a closeted little homo um, in complete denial. Mm. So, <clears throat> you know, when I stopped going to church and, church and started deconstructing, you know, my faith and my religion, it was like pulling muscle from fucking bone. You know, like mm. that shit was so deep in my subconscious and... I mean, it still is, like, you know, to this day, I still have insane thoughts sometimes, like, you know, I've just kind of accepted that if hell's a real place, I'm probably going, so, (laughs) 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 but when I first started going to AA, um, it felt good because it kind of felt like church for real people Mm. you know Mm, so that part yeah and it it i was like okay like this is it's a very similar community type aspect to church to what i'm used to so in that aspect it was really comfortable i was Mm -hmm. like man but except for here people know that you're bullshitting them Mm, you know and they will call you out on it and i remember you know my first sponsor uh you know he was it was just no nonsense it was it was um you know let's meet at this starbucks and then in the middle of the starbucks we're reading through the big book and he was like okay uh, i want you to hold my hands and get down on your knees and i'm like right here Mm. Like, we're in the middle of a Starbucks. Yeah. And he was like, how much do you value your sobriety? Mm. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, mm. he was like, your ego doesn't matter right now. And I was like, oh, mm. God. Oh, no, like, God, drag me. Yeah, for real. Yeah. You know, but it was really like, <clears throat> that's what I found AA to be was just kind of like a safe place mm. um, for people who were just like me that... I didn't have to be a certain type of person, you know, in order yeah. to uh, fit in or in order to, you know, keep a certain image like I had to do my whole life, um, mm. you know. But kind of like Sam, where I, where I eventually started to kind of separate from it was when people would tell me, uh, you know, I would miss like two or three weeks and I'd have people calling me or texting mm-hmm. me and being like, 
Um, yeah. Josh, you are going to relapse if you don't yeah. come back. You know, you will. It's not an if. It is a when. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't think that. Yeah. I, I really don't because, and I can only speak for myself, you know, but my life is so much better. Mm. Although sometimes it's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, I think that I actually do have the tools and the power necessary to not drink Mm -hmm. if I don't want to. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that I will drink in the future. Right. You know, like right now, I've thought about it a few times. Like I'm a totally different person than I was when I first got sober. Yeah. You know, like I was not in a good place when I first got sober and I've even thought about it now. Like, can I have a drink? And the answer to that question is I have no idea, Mm. but for me, and I know Sam just said, you know, that occasionally she'll have a drink or something, which I have literally no problem with. And, and I've thought about the same thing myself, but for me, it's like, what if, you know, the, the question of like, what if. I can't do that, you mm. know, like, and I just decide not to mess with it, Yeah. you know, and that's totally up for you to decide. And that's, and that's what I think. I just think we're so, we need, we need a little less black or white thinking. Definitely. You know? Yeah, I agree. And I think like for the AA and NA program, <clears throat> why the structure is the way it is, is because when you're out of early recovery and you have all those short term goals and they're happening really quickly Mm, and it's like when you're when you're coming into recovery it's like okay i need someone to tell me what to do i need to know what the next steps are because i obviously don't fucking know what's going on right now absolutely and i think that's why it's so powerful is because it's like you want what we want i mean you want what we have do what we do yep so then you just do whatever they tell you to do you know, when you know, and like, I, like I said, I think it's exactly really good right. in the beginning, but you know, it's all up to you. That's, that's right. I, and you, you bring up a good point. I remember thinking when I first got to AA, <clears throat> excuse me, um, when I first got to AA and I met my sponsor and we had to go through, especially, um, step four, which is, mm. ugh. <laughs> anyone, anyone who's been through the 12 step program knows that step four is just wonderful. But, you know, I remember going through step four and filling all this shit out and I'm thinking, wow, I'm about to tell my deepest fears, my deepest secrets and mistakes to a person Mm. that I don't know. And I just have to, uh, for some reason, listen to this guy. Mm. Like, who the fuck are you? Not the podcast, of course, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, like, you know, it's like, okay, you know, it was just a complete change of thinking. It was, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe maybe this person who is my sponsor does know what he's doing, and I just have to trust that he knows what he's doing, and just have to be fucking vulnerable. And and Mm. that is something that I think... Yeah. I will take with me forever. Yeah. You know, it's just like, Hey, you are never, 
you are never above listening to someone. Mm, yeah. You know, and uh, otherwise, if you, if, I mean, I don't know if you could ever be sober, actually, if you think you are above listening to someone. Definitely, that, that yeah. is, <laughs> That's not negotiable, but. Totally. Um, so, yeah, I, like, like I said, I want to reiterate, nothing, we have nothing against AA. Yeah, if it works for you, we just want you guys to be happy. Yes. Um, and to be your best selves and whatever that looks like to you is whatever works. And, and healthy. You. Yeah, definitely. Healthy. Healthy. Oh, jeez. Health. Health I, is wealth, my friends. Health is wealth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Sam, do you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what, what your life now looks like, you know? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, she's sure. basically a grandma. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm like 50. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I need to tell a story real quick. Okay. So I got to Sam's house this morning. <laughs> and I like get to the door and she was like, hold on, I have to go get the paper. <laughs> I'm like, who the Drag fuck? Drag me through the mud. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like to read the paper. <laughs> I do. I like to read it in the morning. With I like to coffee. look at the stocks. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm serious. Um, mm. But yeah, so I, um, following on um, being an old woman, I um, was raised most of my life by my great great grandparents. Um, and I think that that shows, um, in a lot of areas of my life, but yeah, so I am self-employed. I'm an artist. Um, I have been writing my entire life really. Um, and I paint and I have a jewelry business as well. Uh, and so I, I guess like what got me to uh, make this podcast was I grew up, like like most people, I think, feeling really misunderstood. And I didn't feel like I had a lot of language to um, explain that. So I, throughout my life, I really dedicated myself to learning a lot about myself. Um, and in that, I learn a lot about other people. And I think, um, a large part of why we don't get along with people and why we're frustrated with people or whatever is because we don't really understand them. Um, and it's really hard to understand people and it's really hard to sit down and listen to people um, that you wouldn't ordinarily if you don't have the tools um, mm. to do that. So, yeah. Um, I grew up in Kansas and I lived with my um, mom there, and she was a drug addict my entire life. Uh, so I raised my sisters for the most part, and that gave me a really, really big sense of um, <laughs> independence. Actually, funny story, when me and uh, Jared, my partner, um, were, we had like, I don't know if you remember, we had taken that like little break 
and yes. yeah and we were like really strengthening our friendship <clears throat> and we were sitting outside underneath there's like this big tree at the coffee bar and we were sitting down um outside of it and I was like what is your primary love language and your secondary love language and he told me and he was like your love language is independence <laughs> oh my god and it's true but um I yeah so yeah very good so mm -hmm. I mean do you ever I mean this this question is going to be like really direct mm -hmm. but I think a lot of addicts ask this question a lot of people that aren't addicts really wonder this question I get asked this all the time do you ever miss it um hmm. I think now that I've surpassed third year of my sobriety I think was like the last time I was really really white knuckling it mm. from time to time and um thinking about it a lot more mm. um but I've completely separated myself from people places things that remind me of using yeah um so I I don't really I have had like in like bouts of depression or um and spells where I feel really, really low, it sometimes crosses my mind. Totally. Um, but it doesn't ever make it past the even half a thought more. So no, no, the answer is no. I don't ever miss it. I don't miss the lifestyle. And I certainly don't miss how much I hated myself. Ugh. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Absolutely. I mean, I still hate myself. But oh my that's God. For Just Stop kidding. it immediately. <laughs> What about um, you? You know, there are days when I find myself having uh, a craving. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if craving is a good word. Um, I don't really, I don't know, I don't really crave it anymore like I used to. But, yeah. you know, <clears throat> one of my biggest struggles is boredom. Hmm. Uh, I don't know why that is or what I can attribute that to, but um, all I know is that that is one of my biggest struggles is boredom. And I took vacation last week. Um, I didn't go anywhere. I, I basically just had uh, vacation hours that I needed to use or else they were going to expire. Um, and so I basically just took the entire week off and I didn't really have a whole lot to do. I mean, I hung out with a lot of people that I haven't hung out with in a while. And I, you know, relaxed and stayed home and just kind of did that. And I, you know, there's one day that I was talking to my partner, Nathan, and I was just like, man, I wish I could drink right now. Mm. And he'd be like, nope, mm. you can't do that. And I'd be like, why? <laughs> Why can't yeah. I do that? Because I'm so bored. Mm. If I could drink, then I wouldn't be bored. You know, mm. and I was like, huh, this is this is very interesting. So, um, I don't really miss it. I definitely don't miss the pain. And I don't miss the stress of hiding my entire life, you know, of, mm. of needing of needing to drink at work, uh, or else I'll start shaking or, yeah. you know, needing, uh, 
trying to hide my drinks at work or trying to hide my breath or trying mm. not to throw up or trying not, you know, do all of this like that. No, I don't miss any part of that at all. Um, I do miss the social aspect a little bit, you mm. know, but then I kind of realized that the friends I had because of that were kind of fake as fuck anyways. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not really real friends. And that's another thing that you understand when you first get sober is who yeah. your friends are. Totally. Who your friends totally. actually are, you know. Um, there's a lot of people in my life. I've had, I've had two major points in my life when I lost a lot of friends. The first one was when I came out and the second one was mm. when I stopped drinking. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, that part. Oof. Honestly, I mean, of course it's understandable that, you know, when I came out, a lot of the people that I knew from the church, you know, don't talk to me. And mm. honestly, to stop talking to my family, which I think is so wow. stupid. Yeah. My family's lost quite a fit, quite a bit of friends because of me and I didn't know that until like last year but um I don't know their loss but totally. uh yeah and then when I you know stopped drinking it was I basically realized I had like three friends mm. you know that I really hung out with and that really cared about me and and uh started really investing in those friendships and um met new people along the way and and yeah I mean so yes in a roundabout way of saying some days I do miss it but the things that I miss it for are things that I don't think I would ever act on it's just the novelty you know Um, but I think that's very normal yeah, definitely. You know, I don't think I've ever met an alcoholic that that's like, no, I don't miss it at all. Yeah. Or like a drug mm-hmm. addict that's like, no, because of course, like it's a drug. It feels right. good. Right. Like exactly. that's the entire point. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm definitely a lot happier. For sure. Yep. Um, it's a bad day when you realize that, you know, the methods that you're using to cope are actually making what you're trying to cope with worse. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> terrible. It's devastating. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, so, um, really quick before I move on from recovery, I wanted to um, ask you because I feel like a lot, at least for me and my experience um, as a queer person, it's really embedded in the culture of queerness. Oof. Um, oh my God. Substance yeah. use. And I was going to ask you what your experience was um, in that little niche part, like, for you. Oh, my God. It is isolating. Mm, It is absolutely isolating. Um, Luckily, my partner does not drink, um, and he is currently... um, sober from cocaine and we really connect and relate on that aspect and I'm really fortunate I feel really grateful um, that I can have a partner who understands that and is supportive of me in that yeah um but there have been times over the past three years that I have been single if you can believe it (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. 
joking. Um, but, you know, I remember being on dating apps and trying to explain to especially a, uh, a gay person that I don't drink, it, it's isolating because as soon as you say, oh, no, I don't drink, mm -hmm. they lose interest. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, um, I, I was in a relationship like three and a half years ago um, with a guy who really liked going to um, a gay bar here in Colorado Springs, which at the time was uh, the only gay bar here yeah. in the Springs. Um, they called themselves the best gay bar in the Springs, but that's because it was the only one, <laughs> which <laughs> also true. then makes it the worst. So, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, we would go to this gay bar like twice a week, mm -hmm. and he would drink a lot, and I was just stupid infatuated with this person and and it was never an issue for me I never drank with him but but just that environment you know when you're there and you're not drinking and everyone around you is drinking it um I mean what's like a better way to say that you just feel better than everyone <laughs> <laughs> just joking. I, I get it. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's true, though. It's just like you look at With these people feeling. and you're just like, man, was I like that when I was drunk? Mm, mm, yeah. You know, like yeah. these people are being so dumb. Mm. And it was really, it's really humbling. But, you know, so in a sense, to answer your question, yeah, it's really isolating because some people just straight up don't want to talk to you anymore if you yeah. don't drink because that tells them, oh, you have baggage, oh, you can't control yourself, mm -hmm. oh, like, you can't have fun, mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah, like, and, and, you know, and honestly, I had to make a decision, um, just as probably any queer, um, probably just any person would, but especially in the, in, in the gay community, it's... It, it, I had to make a decision to prioritize myself and not give a shit about what other people think. Yeah. Um, because I know what's best for me and I don't need your approval, you know? So yes, it can get a little bit lonely, but I think because of that loneliness, I met a lot of good people, probably people who were better for me in the long run. Yeah. Um, you know, and so in that aspect, I really, you know, I, I, you just have to learn to love yourself and you have to learn to, you know, say, Hey, like, fuck them. Fuck them. If I don't, you know, if I tell you like, Hey, I don't drink, you know, um, yeah. you can, you know, and they, and they discard you or, or whatever, then like, sorry. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like I'm not going to. Sa sacrifice myself for your approval. Right. But, uh, yeah. How about you? That was a good question. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I have to, I'd agree. It was hard for me. Um, for, like, there's two, as my personal experience, there's two really, really hard barriers um, in dating women, one of them being sober and one of them being I'm not a man-hater. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and I don't mean that to sound, like, um, hmm, judgy. But in my experience, it was really hard for me to, like, when I would go on dates with women and all they would talk about is how much they hated men. Um, or it would be, like, a man joke every five seconds, and I'm just not into that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't like that. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, I have my own experiences with men, and um, I think... In order to tear down the patriarchy, we have to treat each other the same. Mm. And I think that can be really, really hard, but it is really, really necessary. Um, but anyways, yeah, that and being sober was really, really hard. Because, yeah, like you said, uh, it's like you can't have fun. Or, yeah, and it, it's, it's just so integrated into the community. Like, anytime I'd hang out with my gay friends, it was like, let's go get a gram of Coke and a bottle of tequila. And it's just not uh, not for me anymore. So it was really hard, yeah. yeah. It really forces you to know yourself. Definitely. Which I think is so lacking totally. in the gay community. Mm. I was... I, I, mm. I'm just going to... It's going to sound like hate, but that's probably because it is right now. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, okay. So the other day, like, I, I'm a songwriter. I'm a singer and a songwriter, and so... I was in a sad mood the other day, and I was like, you know what? I want to accentuate the sadness with sad songs. Mm. And so, <laughs> um, so I decided to go on YouTube while I was bored on vacation. So instead of drinking, I just cry. So, just kidding. I, I don't do that. I don't. I don't cry <laughs> ever. <Okay>. But um, <laughs> I decided to go on YouTube and look up songs like either love songs or like sad songs written by gay people mm -hmm. and I just listened to one after the other and I was like these are horrible mm -hmm. for the most part there are some good there was a few good ones but I was like you know these 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 people think that this is so deep and like so emotional and touchy-feely and I'm just like you haven't experienced any pain mm. you know and I think that's and I, I know I can't mm. I'm not, I should not say that and I don't know that but you know it's like the substance and, and I think that's what I'm sure. really getting at is the substance in the gay community especially and I'm not talking about substance abuse I'm talking about personal like what you're made of substance yeah. you know it's there's not a whole lot and for someone like me and Sam who desire not only to know ourselves, but to know other people, mm. it can be really hard to get to know other people when they don't know who they are, mm. you know, Definitely. and when they don't really want to, when they, when they just want to go out and have a good time and want to do Coke and want to get drunk and want to dance and want to hook up. And, they, and yeah. that's your whole life, you know, like there's. There's no vulnerability, you know, yeah. there's no like deep talks. There's, there's no like sharing like 
intimate parts of yourself uh, in that culture like that and and I think that's intimidating to a lot of people because they're like I don't want to think about that shit yeah I don't want to talk about that shit you know hopefully as we get into the future it'll get better yeah um but man you all need therapy (laughs) god (laughs) (laughs) therapy is great yes so man this cat is so adorable oh my gosh i wish that you guys could see this cat here right now she's just a, such a loaf of bread yeah and i have this cat her name's dot and she's like really large <laughs> <laughs> she's like a little mini cow she really is and she's just so sweet and she's just really all cuddled up right next to josh on the couch right now so yeah it's adorable Oh, oh my god wow someday we'll do a video on our podcast yes. and you'll be able to meet dot but um anyway i think i don't know i think this is a good place to kind of finish up what do you yeah. think yeah i like it yeah i really enjoyed talking today and i think Me this kind of gives you guys a good look into who we are and our personalities and and um you know, if you have any questions specifically for us, uh, definitely send us a message on whatever platform you can find us on. Yeah. Because um, I don't know about you, but I love to answer questions yeah, and stuff like that people have, you know. Yeah, and really we can cool. put some of the links that we mentioned, too, um, on there. I think we're going to, we haven't made one yet, but I think we're going to make like an Instagram or something so yeah. that we can have... Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, yeah. who, who knows? Yeah, Only Patreon fans. soon. <laughs> <laughs> Only fans, but it's me and Josh fully clothed. That's fine. Talking to you guys. Yep. <laughs> so it's just Patreon, basically. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> All right. But yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you uh, laughed with us and... Um, Stay tuned for the amazing guest that we have on the next episode. Um, we had a re- we we already recorded it. We had a really good talk with him. I'm really excited to share it. Yeah, so. I'm super super excited. So stay tuned for more real conversations with real people. Absolutely. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs>